God dwell? Where is his place of rest? The powerful answer is that God longs to live inside a broken and a humble spirit, surrendered fully to him. Hi, my name is Aris Lawless and welcome to Sage Talk. In this episode of Sage Talk, Al Henson and Paul Lawler are starting a three-part series on brokenness as they show us how brokenness leads us to a place of God's peace, rest, and greater fruitfulness. Al and Paul have over 75 years of pastoring between them, and they've spent decades walking among the nations, ministering to the persecuted church and the least of these. Let's join them as they shepherd the hearts of faithful servants and Christian leaders in today's edition of Sage Talk. Hi, I'm Paul Lawler, and I'm with Al Henson, and this is Sage Talk. Mm. Al, when we uh, open the scriptures and and read the saints through uh, time. We we one of the threads that we often see is this thread on the issue of brokenness mm-hmm. and its importance, and uh, that stirs a lot of curiosity for people. And then there are a lot of persons who are just naive mm-hmm. ar- around uh, the importance of this. So wh- why is brokenness so important? If you read the scriptures from beginning to end, um, another word uh, for brokenness in the same family, we might say, is is the word humility, hmm. uh, the word repentance. Hmm. And um, for example, James 4 teaches us that God resisteth hmm. the proud. Literally, he stiffs arms the proud, Yes, and he gives uh, grace to the humble. And, hmm. and so what... Uh, Personally, people are finding, as I found in my own life, if, if there's pride, mm. uh, and pride is uh, probably the foundation to all sin. Mm. It is the father of all sin. It was mm. the original sin, and because pride basically says, "I'm a little god. Yeah, I trust myself. I can control my life," mm. and brokenness is the opposite mm-hmm. of that. And I hope in our conversation today we'll have some time to dig, to dig into that a bit. But one of the reasons why it's important is because it's in the place of brokenness mm. that we make ourselves available to the grace of God. And as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, I am what I am by the grace of God. Yes. And we learn in, in Titus and Timothy that God's grace is that that really, really transforms us. Mm. So this topic today uh, – that we'll have in this podcast and in the, the podcast to come, the sec- the next one, will be about brokenness. And I hope that my brother and my sister will listen in as yeah. you, you and I uh, chat about, have a conversation mm. about about this biblical brokenness. Al, do you think it would be fair to say that brokenness is foundational? Absolutely. Mm. I, I think in the inner heart condition mm. that opens the heart, then to be filled with the grace of God, to, to, be, to be a person of love, to be a person of wisdom, mm. that brokenness is the foundational e- essential. Even if you want to take the word faith and repentance, mm-hmm. there cannot be faith without repentance Yes, and a, and a godly repentance, and there cannot be a godly repentance without faith. Mm. Uh, they, one does not coexist without the other. Yes, I've learned in my life that um, – and I think of brokenness, humility, and repentance that that I try to walk before God in a constant state mm-hmm. of repentance. Mm. 
you know, people think about I need to repent when I've done something wrong. Yeah. But repentance at its core is a turning. Yes. It's a turning from unto. It's a turning from sin and the world, but mostly it's a turning from myself. Yes, yes. From a confidence in myself mm-hmm. unto God. Mm-hmm. And so I'm moment by moment <laughs> repenting. Yes. Because I'm moment by moment turning away from myself mm-hmm. and my confidence in myself or a feeling that I need to control my life, and I'm turning toward God. Yes. And, and, and this grace that allows me to do this mm. and makes more grace available to me, is it's fundamental, foundational. And I think, Paul, that uh, across America, this subject is really spoken of very little. Yeah, I, I, would, I would lovingly agree. And when it is spoken of, I sometimes cringe a little mm. that it's dealt with so lightly and so much on uh, on the surface. Mm. And I think that's a very good point, particularly when we're talking about something that is foundational. Mm-hmm. Um, and without a proper foundation, um, uh, we all know just from an architectural observation the implications of not having a, a good foundation. Now, let's look for a moment in, into the scriptures just to see how important and how mm-hmm. essential this is. Yes. David, uh, in, in Psalm uh, 51, verse 17, he's he, David has sinned. He's committed mm-hmm. adultery with Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. He has orchestrated the death of her husband, mm-hmm. Uriah, and he's he's brokenhearted. This, this, uh, this has been revealed to him. It's been yes. sort of brought to light by the prophet, mm-hmm. and David is in prostrate before God and mm-hmm. and in and, and brokenness. And you might ask, why did he take that posture? This is what he says, sacrifices, and this is Psalm 51.11, sacrifices, offering the lamb yeah. and burnt offerings to you is not really what you want. Yes. So I'm going to give you, God, mm. at this time, what you actually really want from me mm. as your follower, as, as your son. And this is what he says, what you really desire mm. is a broken and a contrite spirit. Amen. Um, and so that's the offering yes. that makes every other offering uh, a, mm. a worshipful expression uh, to God, mm. uh, whether it's um, our tithes, whether it's our time, whether it's our service. Yes. yes. You know, that there's an image that comes to mind that, I, that I've heard from time to time that brokenness is, is like when a horse becomes broken. Mm-hmm. The horse becomes submissive to his master. And, and David, in that picture that you just gave, there's something deeper happening, mm-hmm. and that is that there's there's just a complete submission mm-hmm. um, that uh, in that circumstance in his life. The word meekness mm-hmm. in the Bible, many biblical scholars use the very illustration that you have used, mm-hmm. that meekness is power and beauty reigned in yes. and brought under control. Now, God has given us life. Yes. God has given us a mind to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has given us a will to choose. Mm. But brokenness, meekness, and Moses was said to be the meekest man upon the earth, mm. is to take this stallion, this beautiful creature that God has created in you yeah. and I. Yes. Uh, and, and I say that because in brokenness, we see our ugliness. Yeah. We yeah. see our sinfulness. Mm. So I say that so that uh, but it is um, this creature that God has created mm-hmm. now reigned, and, and with the horse, they say you can take this powerful being, mm. and once they're broken, mm-hmm. 
And that's the word that those who train a horse will say. Once they are broken, yes. then just with the touch of the riders uh, shifting on the reins, the horse will move and shift yes. and obey the master that is riding it. And this, yes. this is a picture of, of brokenness. Mm-hmm. Al, when I was uh, young as a pastor, uh, I'm mindful that you and I share something, mm-hmm. uh, many things in common. But one of those things is that we both had sons who uh, encountered some health issues that were life-threatening. Mm-hmm. And when my oldest son, our oldest son, Missy and I, uh, was um, in his early years, uh, year two, three years old, he developed some seizures that were causing uh, damage to him neurologically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to, as I, as I share this, I just recall mm-hmm. how I grew very subtly angry angry at God, um, and I was very much in control. What, what, what do you think, Paul, as you were growing in anger and taking control, what was driving that internally inside of you? I, quite honestly, I, this is uh, hard to look back in, uh, on, but I, I think I was taking the place of God. Yeah, uh, pride. Yes, very much so. And interesting, here's this young pastor mm-hmm. given fully to God. I don't doubt that. Mm. And yet, in these difficult circumstances, was not being driven by brokenness and the Spirit and mm. God's grace. Yes. you were. The enemy was taking advantage of that and of your pride and driving you away from God. Oh, there's no doubt. It, mm. it, in fact, that anger not only drew me away from God, that anger also created even some challenges in relationships because it just burned inside of mm-hmm. me at that time. But what, what happened What happened in the midst of that, Paul? Well, you know how you can grow sick and tired of being sick and tired? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that, that was happening to me over a period of, of many months. And uh, one evening, I, I hit my knees and I just said, God, mm-hmm. and I... I really came to a place that I believe that the Spirit initiated in my heart. I just surrendered. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't hear any audible words, but I, I had this sense that the Lord, as I surrendered, and in those moments he began feeling, filling my heart with mm-hmm. peace. I, I, I sensed the Lord saying, Paul, your son was mine mm-hmm. before he was yours, and he will be mine after He's yours. Right. And uh, my son didn't get any better right away. In fact, he got worse. Mm. But I, I had peace. Mm-hmm. And there was there was a, a victory in the brokenness. Mm-hmm. Now, now, I'm not saying that you have to go through a circumstance like that to be broken. Right. But I found in that circumstance a gift in being broken. I learned something that stayed with me in mm. ministry. Um, and that's to not run from brokenness, to not run from mm-hmm. surrender in circumstance, in all of life's circumstances. You know, our our circumstances are our classroom. Yes. <laughs> and uh, in this classroom, I, I learned something that I've been practicing through the years, and that's to embrace surrender to God Amen. on a regular basis. Yeah, I think that uh, I love that our uh, circumstances – is our classroom. Mm. And uh, as I understand the scriptures, uh, it the work of brokenness is God's work. Mm. Uh, it's us that 
allows him to do that work. And see, mm. God was trying to do that work. God was trying to bring Paul mm. to the end of Paul. Mm. And you were in your pride resisting that. Yes, very much so. And uh, fear was in, in, in that, and insecurity mm. was involved in that also. But, uh, you know, we find this in the scriptures. Uh, you know, mm. for example, David in the text that we just read, um, he was he was resisting mm. uh, God. Psalm 32 will tell us that in these days, David will talk about how his soul was, the, the, the voices were roaring inside of him. Yes. How he was disquieted and, mm. and uh, fear and all of those things until he ultimately just agreed with God and, yeah. and gave in and, and surrendered. You find, for example, the, the man Jacob. Mm. Now he's a he's a beautiful picture of yes. this. How he wrestled with God. You know, he mm-hmm. was the conniver. Yeah, and he wrestles with God. And one night, he actually wrestles with the angel of the Lord. Mm. And he learned after a few hours, and it it really is a humorous story, but yeah. sad too. And that is that a man would actually, yes, <clears throat> externally wrestle with God. Yeah. But it's a picture of how we internally mm. are wrestling with God. But ultimately, <clears throat> God did the work of mm. of. Uh, uh, Breaking or or cracking his hip, yes, and mm. Jacob uh, finally realized how foolish he was mm-hmm. to try mm. to wrestle with God, and he just gave in, yes, and said yes, Lord, mm. which is another picture of of brokenness. Yeah. And it's interesting, Paul, that at that juncture God changed his name mm. because it was the act of his willingness to become broken before God that God was working in his life that God knew would literally then change from the nature of of, of Jacob. Yes. Uh, and he called him Israel, you a know, prince with God. Al, I, I think what you just shared is like this banner in which we all need to see that, that really says to us, don't run from mm-hmm. brokenness. Mm-hmm. Don't resist being broken. Mm-hmm. I would... Uh, to bring this back to the heart of God about yes. this and the importance of it, I would want uh, to, draw, to, to draw people's attention to Isaiah 66, yes. verses 1, 2, and 3. Mm. And I'll just, I'd like to quickly walk us through mm-hmm. that. Please. Isaiah 66, 1, God is presenting himself as he is, mm-hmm. as powerful, almighty mm. a God beyond comprehension. Yes. So he says, I sit in uh, heaven as my throne. Mm. And that's the universe, the stars mm. of the moon. I, I, I sit above the heavens uh, as on a throne, yes. which is pretty huge. Mm. And then I rest my feet. The earth is my footstool. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. And then God asked two very deep, intimate questions mm. that in this passage, and He says, "Where is my dwelling place? Mm. Yes. And where is my place of rest?" Mm. And I want to just make sure we take a moment and think about those two. Que- they're really they're, they're questions that the Spirit of God mm. sort of revelated to my own heart decades ago. Mm-hmm. Now, his dwelling place in the Old Testament was the temple. Yes. Now, we are the temples right. of living God. So yes. any fellow brother or sister out there, you have become the dwelling place mm-hmm. of God. So the, that question is answered. Mm-hmm. You are the dwelling place of God. He lives yes. in you, Yes. and you live in him. Yes. But now the second question, mm. that's not enough. It's not what God wants. That's right. 
God says, where is my place of rest? Yes. And what he wants is, to, as he lives inside of us, for there to be no resistance either way. Yes. No conflict, mm. no mistrust, mm-hmm. uh, no valuing of anything above him so he can actually sit inside of us in essence and go, ah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Just, ah. Oh. Yes. A love feast, an mm. internal resting love feast, wow. a place of rest. So good. Now, Paul, this these next verses are very hard to embrace. Mm. Nevertheless, they are true. Mm. Then God says in verse 3, he says this, okay, you come and you obey me and you offer me a lamb. Mm. But if you don't come mm-hmm. with a broken and a contrite spirit, mm and one who fears and trembles at the things of God, yes. verse 2. Yes. If you don't come that way, mm. then it's as if when you offer me a lamb, you offered me a dog. That's right, yeah. Or when you offer other sacrifice, he goes on mm. uh, like a cow. He says, as if you actually murdered a man. Mm. And this really it, it really struck me decades ago that, mm. oh, my, mm. I can put my offering in the plate on Sunday. Yeah. Or I can bring my offering of attendance to church, mm. or I can offer my acts of kindness. Mm. But if they're not coming from a broken and a contrite spirit, yeah. they they are they they like a, a staunch, yes, uh, something very worshipfully stinky, yes, in the nostrils of God. Mm. And so I begin then many decades ago. Uh, 40, four decades ago, 40 mm-hmm. years ago, began to seek God, please, God, help me. Mm. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Help me to f- understand this. Yes. You know, and he, he also, in that chapter, in that verse, says that he dwells with one who is humble mm-hmm. and contrite of heart. I, I've always thought of that word humility as where, where the heart becomes sensitive and responsive mm. to God with a deference for others. Right. And that word contrite, um, you know, one of the images that comes to mind is how our foremothers and forefathers, when they would kill a a deer or a buffalo, and then they were taking that leather and pounding it out. Right. And uh, pounding it out with a mallet to soften it so they could wear it as clothing, Mm -hmm. so that that clothing, when they put it on, wouldn't chafe them or cut Mm -hmm. into their skin, but it would just move with them. Right. It's a picture of a contrite heart. Mm-hmm. That what God's saying is that I want you to move with me. Right. And be humble. Be sensitive and responsive to what I'm revealing and speaking to you through mm-hmm. my word. And then move with me. Move mm-hmm. with me. This is where I dwell. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I it's it's so true because these are these are descriptions of the gift of brokenness yes. that we see that's ongoing and available to the believer. Yeah. To me, <clears throat> brokenness is. Uh... It's God's work, mm. but it is us who allow that mm-hmm. to take place yeah. and stop fighting and resisting God. Mm. As you were telling that, I was thinking of a passage in Jeremiah mm. where God is uh, tells Jeremiah, the prophet, who's the weeping prophet and, and with Israel in mind, who is a rebellious people, mm. resisting God, and they hadn't stopped a lot of their religious practices. Yeah. But internally, they were rebellious and resisting God and also embracing the world. Mm. He says, Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. Mm. And the potter there is a picture of God. And watch the potter, how he spins the wheel, which Mm. is a picture of the sovereign working hands of God. Mm. 
and then how he first must mar mm. the clay, which is another word for brokenness. Yes. And the picture that you just used is that that clay, the 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 the, the potter, the master, God, mm. can he he wants to make of us as the potter would of the clay a new vessel. Mm. And it's interesting, a new vessel. It says after his own making. Oh wow. We can't choose and say, God, now, I want you to make me, but this is what I want you to make oh, me to be other than to be like Christ. That's good. And so it's a vessel of his own making. Yes. But first he has to mar that. Mm-hmm. And so this this principle of brokenness mm-hmm. that it's threaded all through the scriptures in many different words is is the picture that I like to give uh, Paul is – and and this is audio, so I'm going to try to. If you can just, if you're listening, if you can uh, visualize, turn on the camera of your mind. Yes. And what I want you to do is, I want you to take your wheel mm. and picture it like a rubber hose. Yes. And this rubber, this the wheel, by the way, is sacred. It was given to us by God. Mm-hmm. It's holy. Yes. But many times it does a lot of unholy things mm-hmm. and thinks a lot of unholy things. Mm-hmm. This wheel. So we got this wheel, and it's a rubber hose, and it seems very flexible and pliable. But most wheels that mm-hmm. we pick up are are not. Yes. So I want you to picture an iron rod mm. being put through the hose. Yes. And now so you pick up the hose, and it's not movable. It's mm. stiff. So mm. this is why God says in the Old Testament, you're a stiff-necked people. Yeah. Now the iron rod is the pride of humanity. Mm. It's my pride, your pride, it's our pride. Mm. And so brokenness is when we come to a place of the end of ourselves, Mm. no pride in it, no confidence in ourselves, and that pride is taken out Mm. and removed Mm -hmm. and replaced with humility and brokenness so the will is broken. Mm-hmm. And pliable with God, yes. And so it just moves. Uh, mm. One of the things uh, that uh, before we end here, that people come to me often and say, "How can you explain surrender? Mm. What's it like?" Mm. And what I will say is, every morning in my heart, I get up and I picture a blank sheet of paper. Mm. And then at the bottom of that sheet of paper, I just sign Al Henson. Yes, Lord. And now I say, God, the answer, you fill it out in the course of the day. Yes. The answer is yes. Yes. But see, so many people, even those that are surrendered, that think they're surrendered, Mm. God, if you'll tell me what you want me to do, then I'll pray about it. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'll think about it. Yes. And full trust and full casting oneself upon God Mm. uh, and surrender is already saying, yes, Lord. The answer is yes. Yes. Now you tell me Mm. what you want me to do and orchestrate my life today by your spirit. Amen. That's so powerful. And and this is a conversation that that we're – as we're in, we're going to pick up and do a part yes. two mm-hmm. on brokenness as well. We're going, to, we're going to talk about in the next episode how to walk in the gift of brokenness, mm-hmm. uh, why also there's so little revelation in our lives mm-hmm. related to not being broken. Right. And so uh, I hope uh, that those that are uh, listening today, uh, we're going to pick up on uh, where we pick up again here in part two. I'll thank you so much. I'll thank you, Paul. Thank the Lord.
Father, we want to take an opportunity to come before your throne and pray for the young man or the young woman mm-hmm. listening today. Yes, Lord. That this may be a whole new concept, a whole new category for them. Mm-hmm. And we pray, Lord, that you would gift them with an increased understanding that leads them more deeply to their designer. And, Lord, out of flowing into their designer, the Mm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that they will flow more fully in their design. Mm. God, we pray that you work brokenness that, as a gift Mm. uh, that births the conformity to the person of Jesus. Mm. We pray this, Lord, for the housewife, God, the the businesswoman, uh, the businessman, uh, God, that may be listening today. Mm-hmm. And pray, Lord, that as he or she is being salt and light in the home and in the marketplace, God, that you will cultivate them, develop them mm-hmm. in new levels through this gift of having a contrite, humble heart, trembling at the word of God mm-hmm. in a way that out of the gift of brokenness, mm-hmm. an unprecedented level of fruit and kingdom advancement emerges. Amen. This we pray in the strong and loving name of Jesus. As Al so powerfully illustrated, far too often we hand God a page from our hearts that is filled with our own to-dos, goals, and plans. But that's not what God wants. He wants a ready and waiting empty page, signed over to Him, so that He can do with it as He pleases. This is the key to a life of brokenness which is a life that God can transform into his image. In our next episode, Al and Paul are going to continue this amazing series on brokenness as they show us how we can walk in the gift of brokenness. You don't want to miss it, so please subscribe to Sage Talk by clicking on the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. You can also subscribe to email updates by visiting our website at sagetalkpodcast.com. Come back soon and join us on Sage Talk for another time of spiritual shepherding heart-to-heart, and life-to-life.